Hello, my friends, and welcome to Episode 3 of the Saving Christianity Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Family Online in America. I'm your host, John Shields. And in this episode, we're going to continue talking about some of the shocking facts in the new book, Saving Christianity, the book that tells us how to have more peace, healing, and hope in our lives, and the book that gave this podcast its name. We are so glad to be here uh, talking this morning about this very important subject, and uh, we're especially thankful that you're taking the time to listen to this podcast. Our title today is The Falling Away. The Falling Away. And you're going to hear more facts about Christianity that you may never have heard before. But that's going to give you more hope for the future. Why? Because you and I can't have the same supernatural peace and healing that the early Christians had until we know why they had those traits. And more to the point, why so many Christians today don't have those traits. But now I want to introduce my best friend and the co-host of the Saving Christianity podcast, Owen Allen. Owen, would you like to say a few words to our friends? Yeah, John, thank you so much. And it's a great pleasure to be here again. You know, I'm really enjoying these episodes because I love talking about the book, Saving Christianity. And, you know, John, I've I've really been touched by how, how well the book and these episodes are being received uh, over the uh, Internet and among our friends and contacts. And so I'm anxious to get started with this episode because it just might be one of the most surprising and disturbing uh, episodes that we've done. Yeah, I agree, Owen. So let's just get right to our subject. Uh, let's start telling our friends about the falling away that's happening in today's Christianity. Absolutely, John, because it's a horrible tragedy that most people uh, probably are not even uh, aware is happening. But let's sort of pick up and continue where we left off in the previous episode. And, of course, just to remind our friends that if they want to hear that previous episode, uh, they can do it by going to cfopods.com. That's cfopods.com on the Internet. And that's where they can find episode two, which was our previous episode. But now, let's remind everybody that in the previous episode, we said that we wanted to talk about what happened to the ancient people who were called the followers of the way. They were the original members of what we now call Christianity when it was founded. And they're the ones who lived such supernatural lives that they changed the entire world spiritually in only 70 years. But remember, John, as we closed last time, we asked a couple of interesting questions. We said, are there any followers of the way still left? Do they exist anywhere in the world? And if they do, do any of them live in America? And if they do, do they still have the supernatural peace, healing, and hope 
that the Christ followers originally had. Yeah, so when I remember those questions well, and they are vitally important questions too. Well, I think, you know, John, I think they're the most important questions in life from birth to death. So let's start answering those questions, though. And, and just as sort of as a warning, the, the answers we're about to give can be painful They might be a little painful to our friends who are listening, but I like the old management saying that came from my years as a management consultant. It went like this, recognizing a problem is half of its solution. Recognizing a problem is half of its solution. So if we don't even realize that a problem is existing in Christianity today, we can't be part of the solution Mm -hmm. to that problem. And that's the situation many people are in today. They don't realize there's a crisis, so they're not being part of the solution. Yeah, that's very true. Many people don't realize that Christianity is in serious trouble. So let's give our friends some background on this crisis. Well, maybe a good place to to do that, John, is we're moving into chapter two of the book, Saving Christianity. And just let me read a, a fact from that. Chapter two tells us that the people who were known in early Christian history as the followers of the way are now today's interdenominational Christians. Let's repeat that. Mm -hmm. The people who were known in early Christian history, the first three centuries of history as the followers of the way are what we call today denominational Christians. And so what does that mean in practical terms? Mm -hmm. The people sitting in the pews, quotes of America's church buildings, quotes, are the direct descendants of of the followers of the way in American and early Christian history. So if we ask our first question, are there any followers of the way alive today and do any of them live in America? The answers to both questions is yes. I bet that's something that most people have never thought about. (laughs) I bet so too, John. But let's go ahead and answer our third question, and it's a little more unsettling. Mm. This is where the pain starts, because we said, uh, do any of these followers of the way, these denominational Christians today in America, have the same supernatural peace healing, and hope that the original followers of the way, the early Christians, uh, do they have that same peace, healing, and hope? And tragically, Mm. the answer is that many don't. Mm -hmm. Maybe some do, but a whole bunch don't. And here's why. In chapter 2 of the book, Saving Christianity, we've got a section with this title, The Shrinkage of Christianity, the shrinkage of Christianity. And that section has some incredible facts in it. You might remember some of those, Mm -hmm. John. But let's give the folks a few. First, think about this. I was stunned the first time I read this in a national survey. An estimated 2 million, 2 million with an M, Christians are dropping out 
of the Christian congregations, the Christian denominations, each and every year. Can you imagine what would happen to any organization, the government, the military, anybody, that was losing 2 million members a year? Oh, and I want to interject here. Yeah. That's just how uh, fresh this is. (laughs) Um, Just this morning, I talked with someone um, and they were telling me that uh, as some of the restrictions are being eased, they are starting to meet again, and they are estimating that half of their congregation is not going to return. And uh, some of those people, are they're not assuming that. They're actually telling them that, that they are not coming back. So this is not uh, uh, ancient news. This is today's news. It is, John, and I'll just throw in another personal story. There's a congregation where Joanna and I worship frequently. Uh, At one time, they had 450 members. Mm. Um, I heard just last night Mm. that they have reopened, and they have counted 45 members. Mm. And the, the pastor and the elders are panicking. They don't know if the rest of those people will come back, and I'm afraid they won't. Mm. And this is going to lead us to point two, John. Mm. Because of all these dropouts, two million a year, an estimated 4,000, 4,000 church buildings are closing every year because of low attendance. And many of them are actually being bulldozed mm. and torn down. Some are being converted to new uses. They're becoming Seven uh, Elevens or something. And quite frankly, uh, hold your uh, hold on to your seatbelt. Uh, many of them are being converted into bars, yeah, or restaurants. Can you imagine yeah. in restaurants mm-hmm. and lounges? And I'll just throw in another personal story, John. There was a, a local a local uh, church building uh, where we live in the area where we live that was my wife's home congregation. It's where she grew up and became a Christian and went to Sunday school and all of those things. It was recently bulldozed, and that site is now a parking lot. So this is what's happening when we talk about the shrinkage of Christianity. These are real facts. Yeah, I think it's important, Owen, for our listeners to know that this is not just something uh, that we've read in a book or we're <laughs> quoting, but these these are things that even in our own community that yes. we're seeing and experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's absolutely stunning. And let's give them another scary one because of all of these. Christian buildings being bulldozed and closed. Check this out. An estimated 18,000 Christian workers are leaving Christian work each year for non-Christian jobs. In other words, these are people, pastors, priests, chaplains, choir leaders, youth leaders, missionaries, and all the rest are giving up and taking secular jobs as salespeople or or engineers or whatever jobs they can get. Well, those trends are a disaster on any level. And I think that most Christians sense, at least my observation, (laughs) that something is wrong in Christianity today, but I don't think many realize that it's, it's just that bad. 
Well, I know. I mean, and I feel the same way. And and the, the bad news is it gets worse because uh, think about this now. Let's go to the logical step four. Uh, the bigger problem is that because of these negative trends in Christianity, America as a nation is developing a non-Christian culture. I doubt many people would argue with that, a right. non-Christian culture. How do we know? Well, all we have to do is surf TV or the Internet for a few minutes. We will see more crime, violence, profanity, nudity, vulgarity, openly and proudly displayed than at any time in U.S. history. John, a lot of our listeners won't know this, but I can remember a time in the good old days, mm-hmm. when if somebody said something even slightly off color mm-hmm. on radio or TV, the screen immediately went black and they were cut off. Mm-hmm. That's not done anymore. You can say and do and show anything on TV now proudly and openly, and nobody cuts you off. All right. Typically, the worse it is, the the, the better. The better uh, the, people like yeah, it. Yeah, the better people like it. So I, we can, uh, I think, safely reach the conclusion that a lot of the violence and profanity in public today is a direct result of Christians dropping out of congregations, of church buildings being closed, and pastors and priests moving to non-Christian jobs. Well, I think that's right, John. That's what the national surveys show. Several best-selling books have been written about that. And here's what scares me a little bit, or actually turns my stomach. Mm. People are saying that this violence and profanity that we're talking about is the new normal in America. Think about that, Mm. the new normal. This is what our children and grandchildren are going to think is normal. And here's the point. This unspiritual behavior, as you just said, but I want to repeat it, Mm -hmm. is a direct result of the decline of Christianity in America. You know, we were taught in management to, if you had a problem, look for what changed in Mm -hmm. about or around the time frame and position of that problem, and you'd find the cause. Okay, ask yourself, Mm -hmm. in recent decades, what has changed in America that could produce this new normal? Mm -hmm. And the only big thing that has changed consistently on a down trend starting back in about 1950 uh, has been the decline of Christianity in America. So, at least in part, all of that's due to the shrinkage of Christianity. And think about this, John. Mm -hmm. If any group, you take any group of people anywhere in the world, as they become less spiritual— Violence, selfishness, profanity increase in that group. Isn't that logical? Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. And I think uh, our listeners are getting a window into a sense of the urgency of our podcast and what motivated us to even be doing this. But, but, uh, But does all of this mean, Owen, that American Christians are becoming less spiritual? Now, we know that many are dropping out of their congregations, but does that also mean that they're, they're actually becoming less spiritual? Well, 
Sadly, again, John, I hate to keep repeating myself, but that's what the surveys and uh, recent best-selling books are saying. It That's an explosive question. The answer is explosive, too, because as catastrophic as it may be, mm. I think the answer is yes. Every poll, survey, and interview shows that as a group, Christians are becoming less spiritual, obviously. They're individual Christians, probably many listening to us now uh, in their car, in their Mm -hmm. kitchen, in their living room, wherever they are. But as a group, on an average, Christians are becoming less spiritual. Mm -hmm. Think about it. If you quit associating with other Christians— Uh, If you quit going to Christian classes, reading Christian books, uh, even reading the Bible, Mm -hmm. even praying, Mm -hmm. and these are a lot of the things that these dropouts are doing, uh, what's going to happen? The end result is less spirituality. And that's why, John, Mm -hmm. if you go back and listen to episodes one and two, we said this principle over and over, and I quote, the average Christian today is no more spiritual than a non-Christian. Yeah, and every time, Owen, that's I hear that, and we've said it several times. I, I uh, shocking uh, <laughs> is, I think, the right word. Um, our friends are going to remember that that principle from previous episodes. And it makes anybody cringe, really, yeah. to say it. I, I resent having to say it. Sure. But 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 let's ask let's ask John a deeper question. What does it mean when we say Christians are no more spiritual than non-Christians? What does that look like in everyday life? Yeah, I'm not sure. I want to know the answer, but uh, <laughs> it's a critical question. What do unspiritual Christians look like in everyday life? So let's think about it. What would you think they would look like? And let's quote a few points from the book, uh, chapter two of the book, Saving Christianity. Actually, John, there are two interesting sections uh, in chapter two that I think our friends who are listening would want to refer to. One section is called Today's Unspiritual Christians. And the second session uh, section of that chapter is titled the super Christian, mm-hmm. the super Christian. Mm-hmm. And these two sections have some shocking, uh, very disturbing facts. I mean, you can't read these without staying awake at night. Right. Let's just give our, our friends a, a couple of points to, to illustrate. Number one, national polls show that many gangsters, prostitutes, Child molesters, pornographers, and alcoholics say that they're Christians. Mm. Here's an example. In one survey, 40% of the drug dealers who were surveyed, drug dealers, said they were Christians and were active in a Christian congregation. Here's another one, John, that most people have heard this one, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, on radio and TV. But the Christian divorce rate in most counties and states is the same as the non-Christian divorce rate. And one uh, one final point here, 
just a couple more ideas. Uh, in the book, we've got the story uh, of a Christian who got angry at a deacon's meeting, so he just shot the other deacons. There's another story about a Christian who robbed banks, and he, when he was arrested and brought before the judge, he said he did it to pay for his prostitutes. There's another story about a Christian who was married and divorced 28 times. And by the way, he was an ordained pastor. And finally, just quickly, a story about a Christian. He was the one we call super Christian who internationally traveled and spoke. In fact, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records. It turned out that for 22 years, he had molested children in his travels. Finally, the FBI tracked him down and arrested him. And there are many more stories like this, John, yeah. that we uh, that we list or we document in the book Saving Christianity. Yeah, simply uh, appalling, to put it lightly, and, and stunning. Well, they're sickening. They're outrageous. But they also help explain why America is developing a non-Christian culture. It's because many American Christians are unspiritual. And John, let me say, mm. this is not a bad thing. This is a good thing because this podcast and what we're dedicated to doing yeah. is to showing Christians whether or not they attend a denomination, how to get back to the spirituality of the first century. Yeah, Owen, uh, uh, once we get over the shock <laughs> of, of uh, some of these examples, um, something that uh, we've had our hands in for many years now and, and um, know the answer to, but our friends need to know why Christians are so unspiritual today. Yeah, you know, why is this happening? Why is this horrible thing yeah. happening? And happily or fortunately, there's mm -hmm. another section in our book with the title, Why Christians Are Unspiritual. Why Christians Are Unspiritual. And we're just urging all of our friends who are listening mm -hmm. to read that section. But let me say this, what what we have in that section is sort of a problem-solving exercise of the type that I used to do when I was a management consultant, and it explains why Christians are unspiritual. But you know, John, our time's limited here in this episode, so I don't think we could go through that entire problem-solving exercise here uh, in the episode. So instead, let's let our friends read that for themselves and their copy of the book. But here in the episode, let, let's, let's summarize this exercise, that exercise this way. Here we go. Here's the answer. Many Christians are unspiritual because they attend, or they used to attend yes, before they right. dropped out. They attend congregations, hang on, that don't teach the early Christian lifestyle. Mm -hmm. In other words, they attend or used to attend congregations that don't teach spiritual living the way the early Christians taught it. 
Mm, that that is so important. Oh, and I don't think we can even overemphasize that, but it's but it's devastating. Yeah, I would say devastating is the right word. I mean, yeah. we're talking about uh, uh, how can you express it? Global mm-hmm. uh, uh, disasters here, John. Yeah, but so. But let's prove this, okay? Let's don't just throw ideas and opinions. We're talking documented facts here. So let's prove that congregations aren't teaching spiritual living today. Let me read what the national polls say about it. This is why the national polls, Gallup and Pew and the others, say this is the reason why Christians are dropping out of congregations, becoming unspiritual, and starting to live like non-Christians. And let me quote a few lines from the book, Chapter 2 of Saving Christianity, and I quote, Christians are dropping out of their congregations because... Attending those congregations is not rewarding. Attending those congregations is not changing their lives for the better. Mm -hmm. Attending today's congregations is not the experience of love, joy, healings, visions, and miracles that it was for the followers of the way. For many Christians today, the programs of their congregations are the opposite the opposite of the wonderful experience that the original Christians enjoyed in those early years. Instead, national polls show that many Christians today feel that the programs in their congregation are, count it off, Mm -hmm. irrelevant, boring, and hypocritical. Yeah, ouch. Uh, That quote really hurts, Owen. But but at the same time, I have a feeling that our listeners— um, wherever they're listening from or are nodding their head in agreement. Yeah, I think so, too. And, John, I want to say something. There was one very famous poll that was done that showed, and this was of active Christians who were actively attending congregations. Mm-hmm. They were, they were uh, interviewed by pollsters, and guess what the result was? Half— Half of the Christians who walk out of Sunday morning services walk out more depressed than they were when they went in. Mm, And that's why attendance is falling off Mm. and Christians are throwing in the towel and starting to live like non-Christians. Yeah, I'm sure those experiences are ringing true for a lot of our friends who are listening. Yeah, but you know, now we've arrived at a huge problem that's connected to everything that we've been saying, John, and here's that huge problem. Many Christians think that what they see, that what they experience in their Sunday morning worship services is, I-S, is Christianity. Mm. In other words, they go to these boring, hypocritical services, and they sit there, and they look at what's going on, and they say, well, this is Christianity, and I just don't see anything to it. Yeah, I'm afraid, Owen, that little worn-out 
cliche that's been around now for a few years, uh, probably been there, done that is applicable here. <laughs> yeah, and didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So, well, l- let's explain that with a few more lines from Saving Christianity, and it goes like this. Millions of Christians have dropped out of Christian congregations because they thought those congregations were were Christianity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The services, rituals, and programs that they saw were the only Christianity they'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. And since that, quote, Christianity didn't meet their needs, they gave right. up and dropped out right. of what they thought was Christianity, and they started living non-religious lives. So the problem was that the dropouts, we can say, they never saw the original template of the Christian lifestyle. They never saw the early Christian lifestyle uh, lived out uh, the way the first Christians lived. Well, that's totally correct. And let's turn that card around and look at it backwards, John. What do you think would happen if Christians today encountered Mm -hmm. an actual Christian who was living the first century lifestyle, was walking in the presence of angels and spiritual power? Mm -hmm. Do you think they'd be bored and disappointed with that? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I say not, yeah. (laughs) So the real tragedy, John, with all this is that people— if I could put it this way, mm-hmm. are dropping out of the wrong Christianity. Right. They've never had a chance to see original Christianity and see if they liked it. Or to put it another way, they dropped out of their congregation because they didn't see real Christianity in action in that congregation. Mm, whoa. I bet a lot of our friends uh, have never thought about it quite that way. Well, probably not. But remember this, John, what we're saying, and this is really sad about this misunderstanding of what is real Christianity, it applies not only to the dropouts, but to Christians who are still in their congregations. Mm -hmm, Some mm -hmm. of these that we mentioned earlier, uh, the 45 that I mentioned that have come back, many of them are puzzled and confused. And and sadly, they feel guilty. Mm -hmm. They feel guilty because the programs and their congregation aren't satisfying them. They don't know why. And they're making the same mistake that the dropouts made. They're thinking the boring programs that they're seeing are Christianity. Mm -hmm. This is the only Christianity there is, and they give up. But, but, how can we say this loudly enough? Mm -hmm. Those hypocritical, boring programs uh, are not the only Christianity there. Now, they are right. one design of Christianity because right. we're, ta- we're going to talk about organizational design a lot. They're one design of, of Christianity, but they're not the design that the followers of the way used in their day. Mm, okay. So that's a mess, Owen. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, that word fits well. Yeah. It is a mess. But here's some good news, John. Now we have, and our friends listening have, Mm -hmm. a basic principle 
of Christianity now that we can talk about and discuss Mm -hmm. because uh, in the previous episodes, we talked about the two different Christian lifestyles that appear in history. I think we talked about that in the previous episode. The first lifestyle is that spiritual lifestyle that the early Christians lived. And the second lifestyle is the unspiritual lifestyle that many Christians are living today. And you can compare those and see the differences. Uh, Yes, I hope everyone remembers that earlier comparison uh, of those two Christian lifestyles. Well, me too. But remember, these lifestyles are in conflict. They're in opposition. Mm -hmm. And so that gives us something to think about. There must be something in history that caused these two different lifestyles. You know, where did the unspiritual lifestyle come from? Mm -hmm. Why did the spiritual lifestyle end Think about that, these two different designs for the structure of Christian congregations, one design spiritual, one design unspiritual. Where did they come from? Mm, So, Wow. So you're saying that today's Christian congregations are built on one of those two different designs. Absolutely. I think we can all agree on this, and Mm -hmm. here's what that means. The cause of all the trouble in today's Christianity, we're repeating a little bit here, but let's do it, is that many Christian congregations are based on that unspiritual design. They're not based on the spiritual design. Mm -hmm. And that is incredibly important. But what here, this is what I like, what can be done about it? Because most congregations would be unwilling to change their structure. That's right. They're totally unwilling. They would go down in flames first. Uh, And that's sad but true. But, you know, human nature Mm -hmm. is such. Habits have such a hold on us that they're almost impossible to change. So many congregations are unwilling or unable to change, but there is a solution, mm-hmm. and that's one uh, one reason for this podcast. There is something Christians can do, and let me read a few lines from uh, Saving Christianity that explain that, and I quote, if we compare today's Christian services, rituals, and programs to the early Christian lifestyle of spiritual living, mm-hmm. the two are entirely different, but The good news is that the two styles are not mutually exclusive. They can coexist. They can operate at the same time. In other words, today's Christians can live, could live the early Christian lifestyle whether or not they attend a traditional congregation. They can live it if they do. They can live it if they don't. Mm -hmm. And that's why this book was written. It was written to show the difference between these two lifestyles and to show that today's Christians can. There's a, remember Mm -hmm. the little nursery rhyme, I think I can, I think I can, I can. Mm -hmm. Today's Christians can have more peace, hope, miracles, and supernatural living regardless of whether or not they're active in a traditional 
congregation. And we've actually mapped out what, where we're going to cover uh, in the future episodes of this podcast. We're going to answer uh, three big questions. Right, three big questions in future episodes. And here they are. First, where did the unspiritual design for Christian congregations come from? Mm-hmm. Second, What are the details of the spiritual design, the design that we're calling the early Christian lifestyle? And third, how can today's Christians start living that spiritual design, the one that we're calling the early Christian lifestyle? Yeah, I think those three questions are so important. Uh, so important that their impact on our lives can't be overstated. I think that's true. I mean, you know, one of the things that that we talk about so much, John, is this issue of experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most Christians have never experienced the early Christian lifestyle. They've not experienced uh, the miraculous walk, supernatural walk that the early Christians um, lived and, you know, you can't understand it till you try. You can't understand that until you've experienced it. Yeah, and so that's, that's uh, why we're producing these episodes to help us, to help people rediscover that supernatural peace and healing and hope that the early Christians had. Amen. Totally true. Well, again, John, I always hate to say it, but the big clock on the wall is telling me that it's time to close episode three. So let's just tell our friends, wherever they are, wherever they're listening, that we're going to cover uh, in the next episode some very exciting things. And I want to read a few sentences from the end of chapter two in Saving Christianity to prove that. Yeah, what what sentences are you referring to, Owen? Well, let's I tell you, let's read the last paragraph of that chapter, and I think it'll give our friends a hint, a sense of what's coming in our next episode. And it's this quote: In the next episode, we're going to return to our discussion. Uh, that's the problem-solving exercise that we were working on earlier. We're going to return to that now, and we're going to talk about and explain and describe mm-hmm. when, where, and why in history Christians stop living the early Christian lifestyle of supernatural power and miracles. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start answering these three questions uh, in a big and exciting way and talk about where that unspiritual design of Christian congregations came from. And I think that as we close, John, all of us, you, me, our listeners, our producer, everybody should be asking some serious questions. For yes. example, which design of Christianity is my life based on? The mm. spiritual design? Or the unspiritual design. Mm-hmm. If I'm a member of a congregation, which design of Christianity is it based on? The spiritual design or the unspiritual design? Yes, and episode four is, is going to be a great help in answering those questions because it's going to tell us where the unspiritual design came from. Right. 
So remember, my friends, that this is episode three in our podcast, and a script and a recording for it are on the Christian Family Online in America website. But simply to get to that, uh, navigate to cfopods.com on the internet, cfopods.com on the internet. Yes, and please subscribe to this podcast so you'll get the notifications for our episodes, specifically our next one, number four, and the rest of the upcoming episodes. Roger that, and don't forget to grab a copy of Saving Christianity so you can follow along and review and study these important principles. Yeah, that is important because there are many more facts in the book than we're able to cover in these short episodes. Absolutely true. But for now, this is Owen Allen. And this is John Shields, along with our producer, Shannon Wolf, saying... May the God of our fathers bless you and keep you and guide you and protect you until we meet again.